Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I am your host, Mark Shapiro. Before we get to today's episode, a thank you to our sponsors of this episode, Lori Bedke and Creighton University. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree executive fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. My guest in this episode of Explore the Space podcast is Dr. David Roney. Dr. Roney is a general surgeon. He's an officer in the United States Navy and a graduate of the United States Naval Academy. He's also a former two-sport NCAA athlete. He is a man with extraordinary stories that begin at the beginning for him. He shares those stories very openly and transparently on social media from his Twitter feed primarily at Surgeon4, the number four, a cure. Dr. Roney and I recently collaborated on an online project that was undertaken, hashtag share the mic now med. And what this was, was an opportunity for voices to be shared on Twitter platforms where the way the feeds are curated and the way things are set up may not be heard in the fashion that we would like. And so David took over my Twitter feed for a day in addition to nine other partnerships that day. About a week prior, there were 10 other partnerships of female physicians collaborating in the same way. It was really successful. It was really interesting. And this episode is an opportunity for us to debrief a little bit on what that experience was like, what it feels like to feel, as David puts it, invisible, and most importantly, how his story remains unfinished and how we can continue to follow along and learn from him. Before we get to the episode, I want to just remind everybody to please subscribe to Explore the Space wherever you like to download your shows, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google. We're on all of them. Definitely leave us a rating and a review, and please do tell your friends as well. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. You can check out the archive to Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at ETS Show and on Instagram at Explore the Space Show. Dr. Roney is a man whose story is not finished. He is also just getting started telling us this story. Definitely follow him on social media. I think you're going to really enjoy hearing him on this episode as well. So without further ado, Dr. David Roney. Dr. Roney, welcome to Explore the Space. I'm so glad we get to continue this discussion. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You and I connected originally in the early part of June and I had, we hadn't crossed paths really before social media or in our career, which in medicine is kind of strange because we're really only one or two degrees of separation apart. And I think when you and I kind of sit down and do the deep dive of who do we know, who have we trained with, who have we worked with, we probably find those one or two people, but we hadn't really crossed paths before. But I remember you started to follow me, I think, on Twitter, and you sent me a direct message 
Yeah, I, so there was uh, the George Floyd uh, incident, and I just had a lot of emotions. And yeah. I think you had posted uh, a comment to someone else's Twitter thread, and I posted another comment and sent you a, uh, a message saying, hey, you know, um, I talk about this stuff, and I've been talking about this exact same scenario for years. And at that point, what you don't know is I actually I was contemplating getting off of social media uh, because I just felt like I wasn't being seen, wasn't being heard. Uh, I felt like over the course of years as an African-American male, I've risen through pretty much every social class you can think of and got here. And I would think that that would be visible. But in reality, it's just like being homeless. Um, you, you, I wasn't visible. Like People couldn't see me. They couldn't hear me. It's hard to help someone if they don't know you exist. And so I sent you that message, and to be honest, I didn't think anything would come of it. Yeah, uh, you it sent was me that a video, right? Saying, you, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah you had sent that video that was just remarkable. And one of the things that I like to do on Twitter is when somebody sends something to broadly that I find resonant or I find that just that strikes me or moves me. If their direct messages are open, I like to send them one to say thanks. That was meaningful or thank you for doing that. Just quick. Um, and so I remember I sent you a just a thank you. And your reply was was really impactful. You wrote back to me, thank you for hearing my words. I feel invisible sometimes. I had never had someone reflect those words about social media that actually it feels normally like the opposite, but what you shared with me was that actually trying to wade into this space was making that feeling of invisibility be be magnified. Yes, it's uh, it's crazy how that works, right? Because on Twitter we we have these public personas, public profiles. I mean, as a physician, everyone can look you up, right? And there's no way uh, to really hide. But for some reason, on Twitter or on in social media, I just felt invisible. Like people weren't hearing me. I would uh, see things posted about I'm uh, down in my luck or I'm from this background and I don't think I can make it. And I'm sitting there like, hey, yeah, you can make it. Just look. Look what I did. Here's the path. And it was hard for me really to get people to understand uh, what it was like. Right. Because uh, I feel like if, if I can't directly give you words that are going to empower you there. Uh, use my story as a way to empower yourself, right? See the path that I walked to see the opportunities which are present. And I had been trying to do that. And I was lucky enough to have someone I met through Twitter as well point me down that path and get me to start opening up more because they thought I could help more people. And I'm glad they did. Uh, that doctor is Dr. Jamie Coleman as well as Dr. Uh, Josh Tyler. Um, they were the ones who reached out and said, hey, you know, you got to start talking to people and let them know um, because there's a lot of people who could be helped by your words and by your story. So I tried to do that. And I was honestly just failing at it, to be honest. Um, it didn't feel like I was really being heard by anyone. It felt like I was in, entirely invisible. 
I'm heartened to hear that one of the people who gave you that that prompting was Dr. Coleman. She's been on Explore the Space before, and she is. I'm a huge fan of her work on social media. I'm a huge fan of her work around the impact of sleep deprivation in our profession. So that makes me very happy to know that she was one of the people that gave you some encouragement because I think she's just wonderful. We we there, are in that place. There's that, that one to two degrees se- separation. There you go. Us. Right. Exactly. There's one of there's the one to two degrees. The, the the interesting thing that I want to kind of explore a little bit more in depth with you, though, is this idea of wading into social media with a hope and maybe an expectation of visibility and amplification and it not happening and how we can improve that, how we can change that narrative. And one of the projects that has recently happened, and it happened in the month of June of 2020, was this hashtag share the mic now med. And this was a project that was embarked on first by a group of female physicians who are active on social media, where they reached out to their counterparts and said, Hey, look, do you want to take over our Twitter feed for 24 hours and basically expand and share whatever you would like on whatever topics you want using the platform that I have with the kind of the the subtext being their platform is large. They have many, many followers. They, they garner attention on social media. They're a known social media personality. And it seemed like it was very successful. And so shortly after a group of male physicians said, let's, let's kind of follow their lead. This, the, the women have blazed the trail here. We should kind of see if we can live up to the, the challenge that they've put out because it also seemed like it was effective. And I was part of that conversation. And so reflecting on what you had shared with me just like two weeks before that, Mark, this makes me feel invisible. Sometimes this profession makes me feel invisible. We, we connected around that. And I just want to get your sense. When I first reached out to you and said, look, we're doing this project. You may have seen the, 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 you know, kind of the ladies led the way, but we're going to do it too. And I would like to partner with you in this. When I first reached out, reflect back on that time. And what was your first kind of take on when you got, I think I pinged you via DM and said, Hey, what do you think? What was your first, your first reaction? Well, first thing I did was tell my wife and uh, because she's like, she's like my, my, uh, conscience, right? Hey, I was just like, Hey Kim, what do you think about this? And she was like, that's awesome. You should do it. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. And it's, it's completely outside of who I am as a person naturally. Um, part of which is because of the way that I grew up. Like I said, I, I majority of the time society, I've just felt invisible. I was homeless, right? Um, I went to the Naval Academy. I'm African American male, uh, in a surgical specialty where there's like, and I'm a DO and, and the medical profession where there's so few of us, it's hard to be seen, right? It's not like, even though I'm six, two and I'm two over, over, 205 pounds or like I'm a big guy, but I'm, it's still hard to be seen. Right. Unless you know me specifically, you don't know who I am. And so social media has been a challenge. And the fact that, you know, I, my brother always tells me I have a lot to give and I need to start making sure that I give it and share knowledge that I've accumulated. And I'm happy to do so. The, and I felt like, I had to step outside of myself and do something that was, and to be honest, a little anxiety provoking because I'm not used to really talking to that many people because of the fact that it is, it, sometimes it can be a little embarrassing about the way I grew up, right? Most doctors didn't grow up the way I did. 
and it kind of makes you feel vulnerable. That vulnerability it can be uh, a heavy weight and a heavy burden sometimes. And you kind of feel like you're walking around naked when you share your story. Um, because most doctors, like I said, they didn't grow up that way, right? They might have grown up in a two-person household or two-parent uh, household. They might have had a legacy that was built for them. And so it's hard for them to identify. Even when I talk now and I tell people what happened and how I grew up and the experiences I had, it's it's very hard for people to identify uh, with me. And I understand that. And that's part of the reason why I felt so invisible, because I couldn't find who I could fit in with. Right. Because there's a lot of biases that are present here in the country. I mean, one, like I said, I'm an African-American male. And then I look on TV, the African-American males you see are either getting killed or put in jail. Right. Um, the pictures of success that are, aren't really present on uh, the everyday social media that you want to see. Right. And then I'm a D.O. Most people don't even know what D.O.s are. Right. And then you're talking uh, that you have the MDDO bias, which is present in the medical community. And then so you just add up all these things and it just the totality or the cumulative effect of it led to some invisibility. And then you uh, uh, randomly, right, uh, sent me that message because you didn't have to, right? You could have, you could have partnered with someone else, and then you gave me an opportunity, and I said, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to step outside myself, and I'm going to do it. I think this might work, and might give me a chance to start to help more people." And actually, it did. I'm really happy to hear that because you and I, I think intentionally didn't debrief after the share the mic now med day. Cause we knew we were going to do it on the podcast and be fairly open and transparent about it. I, I remember it was important for both of us though, that before we did it, that we have a conversation on the phone and we got to know each other just a little bit over the course of that conversation. But I also remember hearing from you that this project, it was really important that it not just be that sort of hand wave, that sort of one, one gesture that it have some, some meaning and that we figure out how to make it part of the longitudinal work that we all acknowledge we need to embark on. For me, that part was equally inspiring and a little bit anxiety provoking, not knowing if there would be some pushback or anything like that. And I was really pleased with how much this project seemed like it was embraced. Yeah, I, from the get go, my my major concern is, and I've been transparent about this. Like, I care about people, right? the The reality is, the way I grew up shouldn't have to happen to anyone. The things that I went through should never happen to anyone, uh, whether you're black, Asian, white, uh, Hispanic, whoever. It should not happen to anyone. No one should have to go through the things that I went through to uh, to achieve success. And so, I wanted to make sure that whatever I did and participated in whatever we did was like from the heart, right? That really wants to change some things and change the system that is present and that we continue to lift voices up and that we continue to uh, push forward and push for a path. 
paradigm that, hey, you know, this is going to be more of an inclusive type society, that there are a lot of voices out here. Because the reality is, is diversity in general creates innovation, right? The more voices we have, the more women involved, the more different uh, folks who do not look like you who are involved, you get a different train of thought and you start to innovate. Um, when the room all looks the same as you, everyone tends to have a similar voice. But you need different voices in order to actually create change and create new opportunities. So I really wanted to, to push and make sure that whatever we did was something that was true and from the heart because I, I've never been into just doing things that are performative, right? Just to uh, capitalize on the moment. As they say on social media, like I wasn't looking for social media clout. What I wanted to do was actually make some change and create, help create change for those who really need it. The point that you just made about social media clout, that that's, I think, a really important one. When we started this, you, you know, you sort of look at the idea of Twitter followers and Twitter reach. And we obviously use Twitter as the platform. That's not to say you couldn't do this on any other platform on social media, but we started with Twitter. And I had to kind of internalize that. Like, for me, this was the sort of thing where Twitter followers, honestly, for me, don't matter that much. It's not a metric that, I mean, I get excited about it. I like, I was happy when I've hit certain milestones, um, but it's not the sort, I don't try to create content to get followers. I try to create content that is meaningful and useful. And so I wanted us, and you and I talked about this beforehand, that I don't think anyone wanted this to feel like I am bequeathing this number of followers to you for a day and you shall go forth and draw followers to your own account. It was, look, this is a platform that I have. My audience is probably different than the people who are following you, good, bad, or otherwise. Let's try to open those silos that are there. Let's try to open. We all curate our followers. We all curate our our accounts on social media. Let's try to break through some of those barriers that come. It's subtle. It's nuanced. It's not with intent all of the time. And sometimes, of course, it is. Let's try to open that up. And I think that that was the intention that I carried into it. How did that resonate for you when you and I talked about that before we actually turned the accounts over? Well, it it made total sense to me, right? Because when I looked at who was following me at the time, I think I had like 700 something followers. I might just cross a thousand. It was very few physicians, believe it or not. Uh, very few people in the medical field. Majority of my followers were just all over between tech and finance or something startup related. It had nothing to do with medicine. And, I was, and to be honest, I was kind of surprised. Like, hey, you know, because this whole med Twitter thing, I remember re, uh, putting stuff on med Twitter and never getting a reply back. But your followers, when uh, and I went through your followers list just to see, obviously I can't go through all 16,000, but I went through just to see what types of people were following you. And I mean, it was a lot of physicians and I was like, you know, this is good because, you know, um, I'm abnormal in the fact that my story is different than most physicians. So maybe just maybe I can start to get my story out there and see, um, to other physicians or people who are aspiring to be in medicine that you can do this, right? That success can look different and you can get to the same point. All right. And, uh, that's what I thought was uh, pretty unique in the fact that even in the future, I would say that, uh, that's important, right? So like if your followers or, um, your platform's a lot different than the other 
uh, person. I think it's very important that you have a mixture of the two because I, I, I there's probably a lot of the followers who are following me weren't following you as well. Right. And so they had to go over if they wanted to keep up with what I was talking about. They had to go over to your platform as well. So I think it's mutually beneficial that you hear, like I said, you hear different voices. I agree with you on that. And I think that that mutual support and that mutual benefit is actually a critical part of this being sustainable, where it isn't that we're, we're, we're helping one another. There is, we're, we're lifting one another. We're both improving together. And I, I think that that has real value and meaning as well for everybody, as opposed to it looking like, again, that sort of, I am bequeathing this platform to you for a day, which you and I both wanted to be really intentional and know that that's not what, at least between the two of us was our intent. What could we have done better? What could have gone better for you as we kind of chalk talk and think about we're going to do something like this again? What could have been better? I guess for me, I probably would have picked a weekend to do it uh, because during the week, uh, that is tough as a surgeon. And even uh, in as a hospitalist, I imagine it'd be tough as well. Um, trying to fit everything in. And I know some folks talked about like scheduling tweets and doing this, but to be honest, I interact on social media based upon the moment. And I don't want to have people, I want them to understand like, this is real. This is me. You're getting access to me. Yeah. You get access to my thoughts. Like this isn't something that is scripted. Yes. Like I don't believe I, I matter of fact, even for photos, I don't like stage photos. I like candid <laughs> photos, right? And totally. everything about me is a hundred percent that way. Yeah. When uh if I get asked to give a talk, I think about the subject, but I don't write it down. I want to speak from the heart, right? And not everyone can do that. I get it. Some people have to plan, but I want people to understand the emotion I feel in that moment, um, what I'm truly thinking, and I want it to be unedited. I want them to get the raw access. So if they see typos, that just means I'm human. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's okay to have a typo. It just means you're human. I think that that approach, both the granular aspect of the right days to pick, maybe a weekend would would be better in the future, uh, and then also the spontaneity of it. I I would check in when I could. I was working, um, and I you know you and I were kind of texting like, hey, everything going okay? Any problems with the account? Separately, and it seemed like everything was going okay. And I was like, look, I can't check in right now because I'm busy, but I'm gonna check in this afternoon. I you just took us on a roller coaster. You just took us on this incredible ride. It was extraordinarily emotional. Um, you shared very transparently. I I felt like. Did you feel like, in terms of what could we have done better or what worked, did you feel like the way we set this up allowed you to share in the manner and to the extent that you wanted to? It it did, actually. And uh, the thing, like I said, I'm very... I am. I try to walk everyone through what success looks like when you're poor and, and take you through the my thought process, the emotions I felt, the fear, um, all the things I had to battle through just to get, I think we got up to the point at the end of the story where I had 
uh, went to medical school. Right. And then I, I started talking about, Hey, you know, even there I had to battle my mom dying. Right. And then there was a lot of, there's still that story's not finished, but I felt like I packed so much in there that you didn't. And I think we talked offhand about it, about, you know, sometimes you got to give some time to process a tweet. Right. And really allow people to interact with it. Cause if I gave information too fast, then it's kind of hard. It might get uh, brushed by, or they might not see that information. And so I really tried to nail home like the emotions, like, Hey, you know, um, when I had a, G- a massive GI bleed, I had to walk from the clinic to the hospital because the ambulance was taken too fast. And my mom was worried I was going to die. I'm walking while I'm bleeding. That is a crazy thing to have to do. And that's literally yeah. what I did. Yeah. Yeah. You, you shared so many things that for someone who, as we started this conversation, felt invisible to feel invisible around the things that you shared. That's what made me feel like we were on the right track, at least with this project. Even if it didn't change anything, it at least allowed a few of us, myself, and I know others, to to just get a, that better understanding from someone who's felt invisible. And I think that there's real import and value in that experience. I, I agree. And uh, to be honest, I, uh, I got a lot of feedback and uh, I got DMs from students all over the world saying, hey, you know, you're you inspire me. I didn't think I can do this or I really want to be in medicine or I really want to do surgery, but I've been told I couldn't or I, I want to do this. And I, I matter of fact, I think I had a uh, a college undergrad um, find me on LinkedIn afterwards and ask me to mentor them. Wow. Uh, there's it's it, it was it was a lot to be honest like it, it was so much so many students who reached out to me asking me to help them that I almost I, I tried to say yes to everybody I ended up running out of time I couldn't fit people into my schedule and I had to yeah. say no yeah um, and so I actually I ended up talking to Dr. Coleman Jamie Coleman about it and saying hey you know how do you do do this right um, because she does have a large platform I was like you know I was on Dr. Shapiro's uh, platform and it, it's a lot you know and I'm and I want to help everybody and I try and help everyone but I mean I it it made those folks and to be honest if if I didn't do that would they even had a chance to ask someone to help them right Uh, if they hadn't heard my story would they have ever had someone that they could have asked Right. Because I say yes to a lot of things and just fit people in. Uh, I will cancel my lunch break to fit people in and help them out. And I I felt like from that standpoint, I mean, that that me allowing you allow me to do that might have changed someone else's life for the better. I mean, I might might have been the impetus for them to say, hey, yeah, you know, actually, I can achieve this goal that I thought was a pipe dream. That is an extraordinary reflection because I was going to ask you what kind of feedback did you get? And what I'm hearing is both on your own Twitter feed and also through DMs, people really did reach out. 
was it to a level that you had expected and were you prepared for it? And I, I, I would be interested to kind of know if that's also a place that we could do better to prepare people like, hey, you, you may get a number of folks that reach out to you for advice, for insight, to give feedback. How was that experience of when you switched your account back and said, okay, because you put that great bookend video that said, hey, I'm you know, kind of signing off. This is, this is me. This is where to find me on, the, on my feed and then signed off. The next kind of 24, 48, 72 hours, would that be a place that we could do better in terms of preparing someone who's done some sharing to be ready for that feedback? Well, to be honest, I, I thought – and I tried to structure the day like, hey, you know, let me put a video out there so people uh, right away know exactly who I am. And Which what I I'm thought was brilliant. About. We didn't talk and about that I in tried. advance. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Your bookended videos were that was really, really wonderful. And and what I think it did is it selected out people right away who uh, were open to hear the story. Yeah. Um, and. And, and, and I think the folks who heard the story were they were invested in it because I spent a lot of time re- responding to um, threads, uh, to posts, and people wanted to hear more. And the DMs I got, I to be honest, I, I honestly didn't think anyone was going to pay attention. And, I, and again, that's just based on my previous social media experience. I didn't think anyone was really listening. And then all of a sudden I started getting a lot of people either retweeting or interacting with the threads. And then I started getting DMs and I was like, whoa, people are actually hearing me. And it was a it was a weird feeling, to be honest. I, I hadn't had that feeling before. I'm like, whoa, people actually see me. And uh, it was a crazy feeling. And I, and I just sort of I call it uh, flying by the seat of my pants, right? Uh, because I didn't know how to deal with it. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to respond to everybody. That's the easiest way. If people talk to me, I'm going to talk to them back. And they're going to know that they can get me. And and I've sort of taken that approach with my – I've changed my approach. And I've taken uh, that approach now with my own social media. If people uh, respond to one of my threads or they want to send me a DM, I try and do my best to DM them back. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but I mean, I spend a lot of time doing that and I make sure that people have a chance to have a voice. When you experience that over the course of the immediate aftermath, has it sustained? Did it drop? How much did it drop off? Because we're about to almost two weeks away as you and I are talking right now. What's been the tempo as we've gotten a little bit of water under the bridge from the actual share the mic now med day? Well, I, I kind of feel like people, uh, not you and I, right? Because me and you have talked about this afterwards. I kind of yeah. feel like people, exactly what we talked about, where it was just like a one-time thing. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of voices back away, right? Because uh, there's no more social media clout associated with talking about these things. And what I've done is I like for a long time, and I still I'm still on Facebook uh, mainly because my that's where my wife posts pictures of her kids and stuff like that, and all the family members are on there. And I, you know how you have a Facebook memory and I'll, 
I'll take a screenshot and move it over to Twitter. Like, hey, I've been talking about this stuff for 10 years, right? The same exact stuff for 10 years. And I'm trying to get it through people like, hey, you know, there is discrimination. There is uh, problems with the ability to achieve success when you are a minority in this country. And we need to talk about it. There are inherent biases that we all have that we all need to talk about. We need to admit to and move on from and we need to develop a plan. But I feel like now that it doesn't have the sexiness that it did surrounding when it was getting all the media attention, I feel like a lot of people have fallen off of the radar. They don't talk about it. Right. And I feel like this is a conversation that we're not done with. We have to talk about it. It is still the elephant in the room. I agree with you. And as we've been talking, I've actually had a thought that I'll put to you. We did 20 partnerships, 10 women and 10 men in about, I think they're about eight days apart, give or take. I I probably have the numbers wrong, but they weren't that far apart. And I'm wondering if the next phase of this would be to say, let's take a similar number, 20 women who are partnered up, 20 men who are partnered up, maybe mix the genders, whatever, whatever construct, but spread them out. We bolus this. We did the, here's your 10 episode Netflix series all dropping on the same night. What if we spread them out and did one per week or two per week so that we could really focus on one or two people because it was a flood of information. If you clicked on hashtag share the mic now med that day, it was a lot of voices, which is great, but it can also, we we have limited bandwidth and time to consume social media. It, we we would ne- we wouldn't want to inadvertently distill the pool or you know dilute the water too much. Maybe we would want to say we've got these great collaborations here. Let's spread them out a little bit and put the spotlight on two or three at a time, maybe. And I wonder if that might help unlock some of these things that you're describing. I I agree. I think if you take maybe say two and take a Saturday or something over the weekend and say, hey, you know, we're going to highlight this this person and this uh, relationship between this collaboration and you have it on a rolling basis throughout the year. I mean, there there are a lot of voices that need to be heard, right? Yeah, there yeah. are a lot of voices out there of talented individuals. Imagine if uh, even, it, and it doesn't just have to be uh, male and male, it can be male and female, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because there are, there are some powerful women physicians who have large platforms on oh, yeah. social media, Oh yeah, right? Um, imagine if uh, someone who has a a very, very narrow platform, but is well known in medicine, right? Who talks about healthcare disparities, who talks about uh, the different biases which are uh, present and goes on someone like Dr. Chu's account or, or, or uh, Dr. Blackstock's account that has 50,000 followers, right? That is a huge thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that this is the kind of problem solving kind of working the solution. I think there's a, this is a really interesting concept and I think we can be really agile about how we expand on it. And I think there's that spirit of experimentation that's mission driven, acknowledging that phase one was phase one. Hopefully it's phase one of many. And with each iteration, we'll tinker a little bit. 
what do you want to do now with your social media feed? And I, and I moved to this acknowledging that you've touched on many of the themes that come up on your social media feed, how you grew up, your experiences as an officer in the United States Navy, as a surgeon, as a DO. And I really want to drive people to your feed because that's where you talk about it. And that's where there's that longitudinal conversation. So let's make sure right now, where is this information? Where are you sharing it? What is the Twitter handle that you're using that people can find you at? So my Twitter handle is at surgeon, the number four, a cure, C-U-R-E, all lowercase. That's where you can find me on Twitter. I don't have an Instagram for my personal account, but I, I run a free financial education blog called Surgify. On Twitter, it's F-I-S-U-R-G-I. And on Instagram, or I just started TikTok for that as well. So, Oh, you did start a TikTok. Surgify. I was going to ask you. Okay, I cool. I started a TikTok because majority of financial education is being presented on TikTok. Wow. And I want to make sure that people are getting the correct information. Yep, um, yep. I wear several hats. Uh, one is a, a, a sort of tech entrepreneur hat. The other one is a finance uh, sort of finance coach, uh, not a financial advisor, but a finance coach. And I study all the same things that financial advisors because the majority of this country uh, can't afford a financial advisor, but they need the information that a financial advisor has. So I try and make it free so that they have it and they know that they can use it and they learn the same things that physicians learn later on in life, uh, that your wealth managers know, right? Because they need to know how to um, create a budget. They need to know how to create their own uh, sort of wealth uh, because the reality is at the baseline of everything, right? Economics changes socioeconomic status, right? So you can be lifted out of poverty with the right economic opportunity. And no matter who you are, black, brown, who, purple, green, whatever the color of your skin is, poor, right, doesn't matter. If you're poor, there is no color. Poverty has no color. And economics is a way to fix that, right? Part of your economics is your health as well. So I try and tie all these things in. Now, I use my personal story because I try not to use anyone else's, right? Because I can't tell your story for you. I try and use the examples for myself. And I try and make sure that you have a voice, that you get presented the opportunities, which is another reason why I like tech, right? So I love coding and I love, that's my original passion, mathematics. And the reason why I love it is because there's a low barrier to entry because we all have a phone. We can write code from our phones and practice and you can have a high income and you don't need a degree to be good at technology and computer programming. And so if a person is poor and they can't afford college or they don't know how to pay for college, but they have a cell phone, they can learn and create income for themselves, which can help their family. Um, so I'm, I'm all for those things. And I'm trying to teach people how to achieve success when the system doesn't necessarily want them to achieve that success. And so I really want to give a voice to that. And that's what I try and do for my Twitter profile. I don't talk about medicine a lot. And the reason why is because there's quite frankly, there's a lot of smarter individuals, surgeons than me who have more experience that are the experts in our field who talk about medicine, right? Everyone can talk about 
uh, abdominal wall reconstruction in some fashion. But not everyone can tell you how to teach yourself to be successful. What you're describing is is very similar to my approach. I'm a full-time clinical hospitalist, and I don't talk very much about the day-to-day clinical medicine because there's a lot of people out there that I perceive to be far smarter, far more erudite when it comes to discussing you know the the nuances of clinical medicine. And there's other things that I like to focus on, but what I like and what you like and why I think it's just, it's not serendipitous. It's not coincidence. It's good that you and I collaborated. What you're describing is what I love, the democratization of information, opening these things up and sharing things that we we know are, are impactful and powerful. And I appreciate that that's your commitment. And on that same vein, it's it's that connective tissue. It's the stuff that brings us together, which brings us all the way around to something that you brought up right before we started recording. You have a cohort of people on social media where the subject matter is coffee and i didn't know you had that we have one as well hashtag med grind which you didn't know about we have to bring these collaborative coffee communities together talk to me about your coffee social media universe please so my coffee social media universe started because i broke my keurig And I went in, I, I'm super frugal and my wife gets on me about it. was like, Hey, just go buy another Keurig. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not uh, paying that expensive of money to, uh, for something that's going to break that easily or, and I have to descale every so often and I can't clean it effectively. So I started going through this iteration of what can I do, um, to make a good cup of coffee in the morning. And then I bought this little cheap thing and it, coffee tasted nasty. Someone suggested a French press. So I went out and bought one. Right. And I posted on Twitter like, Hey, you know, I just bought this French press because I really need coffee and I love coffee, but, uh, I am a novice at this. And I started on the French press and I shattered it and shattered my coffee dreams. (laughs) And I posted it on Twitter. And then all of a sudden it just exploded where people, started giving me so many recommendations that I had to start taking notes, right? Like how, what's the best temperature to do cold brew at what, where to get your beans from, right? Because up in it's because of Twitter, I even started using a grinder, a coffee grinder. I never had one up until a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even know what an AeroPress was. And I personally think an AeroPress, the coffee tastes like baby tears. It's the best thing you can have. The AeroPress is extraordinary. $20 piece of plastic. And it is, the yes. greatest cup of coffee. And, and, and the thing is, is I, I let my brother know and because he's a huge coffee guy, yeah, right? Yeah. And so now I'm just like, I can taste the differences in the beans. <laughs> and so I'm smelling these beans like, oh man, this doesn't sound like it's going to ha- have a great uh, cup. And then I'm doing research on coarse versus fine versus like, and so now I'm and talking about like different grind styles. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it's out there. So now I've, I'm not a coffee snob, but I, I definitely learn, yeah. right? Because I learned about a Chemex and then an OXO yep. uh, cold brew. And then now I'm like, man, I got to get one of those things. And my wife is still on me about getting the Keurig. And I'm like, I'm not going back. No, right. Because no. the coffee with an AeroPress is phenomenal. Whether you're, you're drinking a espresso versus a, an Americano and diluting it is fun. It is a smooth cup of coffee, which I appreciate. 
<laughs> I am I am so delighted right now. Uh, so yeah, when you tweet about coffee, so when when I tweet about it, there's a cohort of us that enjoy discussing coffee in the same way that you do, and we use hashtag MedGrind. Do, do you and your coffee? Teammates, do you have a, a hashtag that we can follow? Or how do, we got to bring these worlds together. This is very important. It's 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 interesting because uh, the bulk of us just go back to the same coffee thread and keep throwing it in there. Okay, can right? you put, can and you put a hashtag finance, grind on it? I will. And there's some finance people who go in and talk about coffee on it as well, <laughs> right? Because you got to remember my my Twitter followers yeah, yeah. are between tech, finance, and medicine now. Yep. Well, there's so my they, followers they are a bunch of coffee too. people too. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there like, and, and I found out some interesting stuff like uh, where you can get, um, you can order your beans ahead of time and there's a subscription model to it. And I'm like, holy crap. Yep. I'm like, clearly my wife is going to see me spending a lot of money here because there's some coffee resources that I had no clue were out there. Can I, can I just introduce a concept to you that for me, probably it's been about 11 or 12 years ago, changed the game forever. It's an extra, the, the, the product is unparalleled. The amount of time is minimal. It's a huge cost savings, a huge cost savings, roasting your own coffee. How, so how? We're going to we're going to do a second episode. You're coming back on the show and we're going <laughs> to do this. I got to find out. About yeah, this. we're going to we're going to uh, I didn't even know that was the option. We're going to go we're going to go big on home roasting. But before we do that, I just want to bring us bring us back full circle. This was for me, this was a very positive experience, both on social media and professionally and personally. I'm really glad that we collaborated. I'm glad that you were able to ask your wife and get that valued opinion and get out of your comfort zone to, to kind of step into the share the mic now med project. I'm really pleased that I got to be a part of it because not only are we now learning from each other and amplifying interests and again, bringing our medical community that much closer together, we're expanding I hope and I aspire to expanding the horizons and the insights and the knowledge base for those who are following us. And I think there's real value in that. For me, that feels mission driven. I'm really grateful to you for starting on this journey with me. And I think that we're going to be able to keep it going. So for coming on the show, for being a part of that and for continuing the work, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity and uh, thank you for the really the opportunity to step outside of myself and to realize that, you know, it's OK to talk about these things, because as a society, we sometimes look at these things as like, hey, you know, you, we know you went through it, but you can't talk about it. And that's not the case. Like in, in today's day and age, where we're so big on mental health. There's a lot of traumas that we go through, especially as medical physicians, to get to the point that we've gotten to. It, it takes a lot of sacrifice. You lose friends, right? You lose sleep and you, you really have to push forward through a lot of trauma in order to really get through and achieve that barrier that get through that barrier for success. And we don't talk about it and we need to, right? As a society, we need to talk about the things that are hurtful, the things, our journeys on how to get here, because, you know, there's somebody else who might be going through the same thing and they might not think they can make it. And you are the thing that allows them to know that they can make it and they push even harder. 
And so I think it's important. And I thank you for allowing me that opportunity to really step outside of myself to do it. I'm so glad that we did this. I cannot wait to continue and, and move into the next phase. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. My thanks again to Dr. David Roney for joining us on this episode of Explore the Space podcast. Again, definitely follow him on social media. The link to his Twitter feed is in the show notes for this episode. Thanks again to the sponsors of this episode, Lori Bedke and Creighton University. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. And thanks so much to you for listening. Really appreciate having you here. Again, please do reach out to me on social media. You can shoot me an email as well. Love interacting with you. Love hearing what you're liking. Love hearing ideas. Love getting that feedback. Please do share the episode. Please leave us a rating and a review. Please subscribe wherever you'd like to download your shows. We will be back soon with more great content. Until then, we'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.